Welcome back to the Price Ball Podcast. I'm super excited today to have Diana Morgan with us. Uh, also with us, Mike Roberto, founder of Price Ball, and of course, I'm Ben Payne. Today is just to get all the all of the formalities out of the way. October 9th, uh, and we are going to be talking a lot about Supply Side West coming up. But first off, Diana, I want to introduce you. I want to talk about everything that you do. Can you give us a little bit of a background on where you come from and what you do? Sure. Um, well, where I come from is Jersey. So a fellow Jerseyan like uh, Ben, but I've been in the dietary supplement industry, geez, almost uh, 18 years now. Uh, background in nutrition, uh, master's in nutrition, a certified sports nutritionist from the ISSN. And my current role is VP of Regulatory and Government Affairs for Nutribolt, aka C4, Extend, Cellucor, a lot of the really great sports nutrition brands um, you know and love. And then by night, I am founder uh, and chief fund officer for What's Up With Subs. And What's Up With Subs is an industry networking group that um, we have great events at all of the major trade shows, conferences, and really just bring the industry together. I met you a couple of years back and I went to a couple of your like early parties, which like to me, like you ever, I feel like everyone has a friend who's just like really great at organizing parties. Like we all have that one friend who's like the organizer. And I, it just seems to me like that's what you love to do. Um, and then learning that you were involved in regulatory and government affairs for a company as large as Nutribolt, but also your resume, your, your background, you have a couple other big names in there. Uh, it was such a fun surprise because there was so much that we uh, connected on for people also listening, who listen to a lot of our episodes. Uh, Diana also joined us in Washington, D.C. this summer when we uh, headed down there to talk to legislators about uh, dietary supplement uh, regulations. So I think this is going to be a fun episode. We're going to bounce around a lot of stuff. Um, Mike, did you have a like a direction that you wanted to start off with? I kind of want to like hit the background and come into what she's doing now. Okay, I was just gonna say, let's kick it off. Like, what, what's up with what's up with subs? What are we, what are we doing at Supply Side West? Um, I'm just curious right now for anyone who's listening in a hurry before uh, we head off to Las Vegas. What's the, yeah, what, what's the plan? What's the intention? I guess, and then I would like to go backwards. And what's the why of having what's up with subs? Obviously, there's no shortage of parties in Las Vegas, but I, I think you bring a little bit of fun flair. So tell us about that um, in the media, and then let's go backwards with the like why. Yeah, definitely. So we're holding the show closer for Supply Side West on Thursday, October 26th, and it will be at House of Blues in Mandalay Bay, just a short distance from the convention center. And um, the theme, uh, so all the What's Up With Ups events have some sort of theme that, uh, you know, really just makes it um, over the top. So this theme is retro toys come to life. So think like adult toy story. If you ever run to toy story uh, land in, um, in Disney, you have like the, um, the green army soldiers walking around. We're going to have some life-size Lego men walking around uh, a Lego wall. We'll have some, um, even some competition. So um, we do have one of our sponsors that makes a cognitive uh, health ingredient, uh, Cognizant. They're going to be doing a Rubik's Cube competition for prizes. So if anyone knows how to solve a Rubik's Cube, start brushing up on that because we will have some awesome prizes. That's awesome. So where did, where did this start? Like Mike was asking, like, like what's the why behind what's up with subs? Yeah. Uh, so if you guys remember a little thing called COVID a few years ago, um, that shut down Expo West. And that was, you know, I remember getting the call, like many of us, I had an early flight the next morning and I was about to go to bed. I got a call at seven o'clock at night that... Um, Expo West was canceled. That just doesn't happen. You just don't cancel the biggest trade show of the year. And, you know, when you're in the industry for that long, you really develop your industry friends, which become your industry family, the people you always see at trade shows. I mean, we have so many in the year, about, you know, about 10 or more at least. So when that happened, I was legitimately devastated. I'm like, I'm not going to get to see this person and this person and this person. And it was that week, you know, I called up, um, was on our board, uh, founding member, Ivan Wasserman. I said, what do you think about holding in-person networking event for the dietary supplement industry? We'll keep it outdoors. You know, this was during COVID. So um, everyone was really scared. And, um, you know, fast forward to September of that year, we held our very first event. It was outdoors at Sushi Lounge in Totowa, New Jersey. And uh, we had about like 45 people there. And this was during the heart of COVID, September 2020. You know, people, uh, if they could, if they wanted to, they could wear masks outside, socially distanced. And the best feeling, and you guys will know what I'm talking about when you see this, um, 
when people were coming through the door, I remember the first person, Rick Collins came through the door and someone from all the way on the other side of the room, I think it was Salma from Nutrition 21, yelled, oh my God, I can't believe you're here. And it was at a time where, you know, we just needed that in-person connection to really develop those relationships because, you know, virtual is good. It can solve, you know, a lot of logistic issues, but nothing beats in person being around other people's energy and making those organic connections. So that's kind of how it started. And then, you know, people just loved it and we just kept doing more and more and more. That's, that's incredible. More? I just want to say thank you for doing that because I'm with you as well. Like we can get a lot done here on Riverside or Zoom or whatever, but you need to have that hug. And I, and, and you know, people getting deprived, it, it was a shame. So that's, that's so cool that you, you set that up. And um, I, I'm pretty sure Ben was at that one, right? I was at the Morristown meetup, which I think was soon after. Yes, um, that was a, like uh, about two after. That was the gaming event. Um, yeah. You know, like it was during this time and I was looking for places that would do events. No places wanted to do events during the heart of COVID. I remember going on to the Facebook groups and posting, does anyone know of any places that are holding events? And the amount of people that commented like, are you stupid? Do you want to die? And all these things. But I was just like, you know what? We need to embrace our community and we're the natural products industry, right? We're all about health and wellness, building up your immune system. And this was, you know, something that we preach as an industry and, you know, not saying there's any cure or like prevention, but really building up your immune system was part of our, um, you know, our morale here in the industry. So, yeah, yeah. You don't have sure. to comment on this as the regulatory person, <laughs> but I gotta say, my favorite part of this was going to that Morristown event and not one person wearing a mask anyway. Like, we walked in and no one, like, no one cared. And it was cool because that was my first, uh, like, dietary supplements industry event that year. I mean, since early that year, because Arnold had been canceled. We didn't go to that. You know, I'd been living in a single bedroom apartment that whole year, not really seeing many of my friends. Uh, like, you know, the friends that you see, like we have, we were just talking with TJ Humphreys. Oh, you have expo friends. You have friends that you only see at expos and that's okay. You see them frequently, but you, you miss that when you don't go to these expos and just showing up and just, man, I met Dan Fabricant that day. That was, that was awesome. Fun yeah. one. But like, just, just getting to see everyone again was just so wonderful. And uh, yeah, I remember coming home and just be like, I got to go to another one of those. And, and now it's funny because every expo we go to, there is one. To the point where uh, we did coverage of the GNC franchise show and Diana texted me like, what is this expo and how do I do a party at it? Which is so funny because it's like it's like this private expo for GNC. But I was like, that's actually that's 100 percent true. Like there, there should be a what's up with subs event at every expo. Um, so you're at this point where it's pretty much just accepted that there's an event. If there's a in-person expo, there's a attached what's up with subs party pretty much. Yeah, that's what, that's what we try to do is really, um, you know, have these events in a non-competitive environment. There's so many times, you know, I've been, as Ben mentioned, I've been in the industry for a while. I worked for Vitamin Shop Headquarters. I worked for Solgar, NBTY, Care of, uh, Pfizer Emergency. And, you know, when you, when you work for a brand and sometimes you go to trade shows, you almost have to turn your badge around because, um, you know, competitors don't want you at their booth. And, you know, there was so many times where I'm like, I just really like your brand. Like I can like another brand and still work for another company in the industry. You know, there's, there's enough to go around. Um, res you know, I, I want to respect other companies in the industry because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we may end up working for that company, you know, who knows, but it's just, you know, it's a very small industry and that's where I kind of wanted the non-competitive um, environment. So that's why, you know, a lot of the events, um, they're just, you know, we hang out, we have fun, we have some sort of crazy entertainment that I come up with my head. Um, it, you know, it, it's, it's really my excuse to, to dress up in a costume, but, um, <laughs> But, you know, that's kind of where uh, let's not forget to be kids. And that's really where like this retro toy theme um, came about. You know, we're you know, we're growing up, we're getting older, marriage, kids, et cetera. But let's not forget that, you know, have that childlike mentality to just embrace being playful. And that's where a lot of the awesome creativity comes from. from. And the more you use it, the more you foster it, the more it grows. So, um, you know, that was kind of the, the thought behind this. I love okay. everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I want to go back. There's like 50 things to cover, but for the sake of this party, um, what do we have to bring anything? Like, do I need to come in wearing a slinky or something like that? Or is this, <laughs> can I just show up as I am? Cause, uh, I'm not exactly a costume person anymore at least, but <laughs> <laughs> 
Totally, totally get that. So we will have a life-size slinky walking around that you could take pictures with. Um, you don't need to wear anything special if you don't want to. Um, no suits, no ties. You know, it's very casual. Uh, we will have a costume contest, though, as we always do at um, Supply Side West because it is near Halloween. So we'll be... Um, giving out prizes for the best costume, the most creative and the funniest. So, you know, feel free to dress up if you want to dress up, uh, no pressure, or you could just like enjoy all the costumes that are around you. Like Mike, I'm not a costume person. And uh, I've gone to the Supply Side Show Expo uh, party previously and stood around people in extremely, like extremely in-depth costumes. I can't believe the costumes that some of these people will fly with, like full on, like, like, the the stuff that you watch on TV shows, like for like the professionals, just I, I didn't even recognize some of my friends showing up. Uh, but as a person just wearing a button up shirt and jeans, I felt very at home still. <laughs> um, so one of one of the things that I wanted to bring up is how you guys, um, kind of in a similar way to us, uh, c comment on the industry through the parties that you guys do. Like one of my favorite ones that I've been to was this year at the Sports and Active Nutrition Summit where you guys, uh, your party was kind of dedicated to Hector Lopez, which was, uh, I, I thought, incredibly uh, well put together and heartfelt that, you know, there it wasn't, it honestly wasn't overly sad because we were all friends with Dr. Lopez and it was like a celebration of him, but you guys did an incredible job of bringing people together who were fans of his while not taking away from the normal party that you guys were throwing as well. Yeah, that was an amazing event. And I had uh, spoken to Hector's wife um, several months before the event, and she was a Yari, and she was super supportive, um, Hector's business partner. Um, and, you know, Hector was was local to us, um, you know, so a lot, he knew everyone in the sports nutrition industry. And, you know, it was it was very much like everybody says with Hector, you know, no ego. He's, you know, the smartest man in the room, but you'll never know it. And what was really um, you know, what was really important was to have it at that um, sand summit, because that was the last, um, to my knowledge, the last time that Hector had spoken on a panel. I remember we were both on a panel that year. And actually, I think he was on a, a few other panels. But, uh, you know, just that community was very, um, very tight knit. And, uh, you know, I think it was something like $8,000 we had raised for, um, for his charity um, that his that they were donating to for his his children's education so um you know we used it um for for good and i remember i think i sent you this picture ben um there was one uh one video where everyone was giving the eulogy and there was this crazy sun that was shining down on everyone it was it had this beautiful aura and we knew that hector was there blessing the event yeah it felt it felt good to be there with you guys I think we all had our personal relationships with with Dr. Lopez. Uh, like my friendship with him wasn't like a super public thing where like we were part, but like all, everyone kind of came together and all had their own stories or own experiences with him, which was a lot of fun. So uh, I, I want to kind of get into the rest of your your uh, jobs that you seem to have all over uh, with 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 Nutribolt, a VP of regulatory and, and government affairs. That seems quite like large and cumbersome, like, you know. It seems like a really big job. Can you tell us like what you do on a day to day basis? Yeah, uh, putting out fires. So, you know, uh, regulatory affairs has its hand in almost every aspect of the business. And that's one of the reasons why I, I love it so much, because whether I am working with uh, Chris Lockwood in scientific affairs or product development and innovation and working on new formulas or working with legal on, um, you know, legal challenges or um, collab partnerships we're doing like licensing agreements, or then working on the quality side and, you know, ensuring that all of our, our products are, are safe and that they're meeting specifications. And, you know, we have um, no adverse events, but then also, um, more so um, ex, you know, exterior facing with government relations. I really love working with the trade associations uh, to help lobby on the Hill. I, and this is on a global scale. So, you know, I do cover U.S., but, um, you know, as you guys know, dietary supplements in the U.S. are very different than di dietary supplements globally, especially from a regulatory landscape. So, you know, being able to monitor what's going on in the regulatory landscape um, on a global scale, you can learn so much um, from U.S. to the other countries and kind of what might be coming down the pike. So it's really cool to just be so involved in in the day to day and then all, making awesome products and 
and having a say in, um, you know, the marketing and the advertising and the claims that we make. So, uh, you know, I, I, I love it. And, you know, I love sports nutrition. It's really my sweet spot. Um, but just Nutribolt is an amazing company with such a heritage and such legacy that, you know, it just makes every day um, just amazing. So that's a lot of stuff. And I love all this. Uh, regulatory is like where I think like a lot of my passion lies. We don't often get to really talk about this. Um, so do you do you review every label that comes through? Like what like what's like a responsibility? Because that you just talked about like twelve different jobs, pretty much. You know, are, are you reviewing every single label that comes through? Yeah. So either me or someone on my team will review every single label um, several times. Uh, so my my roles are really all of the new innovation and making sure that all the new innovation. US, so domestic and globally, that everything is up to par with the regulatory uh, framework, that we're being able to support the claims that we're making, and then working with um, Chris Lockwood on the substantiation for those claims. Um, and then, you know, like I said, I do have a team, uh, domestic and global. So they're, we're reviewing every single label uh, several times for compliance. It's awesome. So like recently they just started using Pepti Strong in one of their in one of your testosterone boosters. It's a new ingredient. So for instance, for consumers listening, like you guys have to go through the data and make sure that any kind of a muscle growth claim or, or whatever you guys are saying on the bottle is substantiated with enough data because Nutribolt is large enough um that you guys are are on people's crosshairs, right? Like, you know, you guys have to cover your ass, so to speak, in a lot of ways. Yeah. And, you know, both FTC and FDA have substantiation requirements. So we follow those substantiation requirements, but then also, you know, with research methods. So you can have, you know, you could find a study for pretty much anything, but when you have to critically evaluate that study using research methods, look for biases, look for any conflicts of interest. So this is a lot of the work that I did, um, during my master's, one of my favorite classes was research methods. And my professor at the time, uh, she really made it sure that we looked at all of the other stuff in the study. So you, a lot of people will look at the abstract, right? The front page, oh, it supports this. Okay, done, right? So she, you know, she really instilled in us the middle part, right? The methods and all of all of that analysis, that's the unsexy stuff that you have to pay attention to, to be able to see if those are quality studies. So um, that's, you know, really um, very long and daunting, but I enjoy it because um, when you see how these things work and you see, um, oh, wow, like this is um, producing this result in a significant part of the population, then you're like, it might be onto something. So that's um, one of my favorite things to do. Absolutely. So what did you do at Vitamin Shop before that? You, you dropped that. I, I have to ask, because that's a, obviously a huge brand that a lot of our consumers watch. Yeah. Yeah. Vitamin Shop was awesome. Um, I I worked there for several years at the headquarters in North Bergen, and I um, actually had a dual role, product development and regulatory. They were both under the same um, same team. So I really got my hands in, in both aspects. Like The product development part is so fun, especially on sports nutrition products, because they have to taste good, right? And they have to smell good and they have to look good. So, uh, you know, you're working with a lot of powders like bars and stuff. And I just remember going um, to the flavor houses and maybe, you know, spending like a day or two there just working on the flavor development and testing out multiple iterations of the same product, um, which I will say, it, if you have a weak stomach, doing that for a full day can can really get to you. Um, so I did, you know, like I worked a lot of the product development, but also with the product development, um, the regulatory aspect of creating the label after we, we work on the formula, you have to then create the label, um, then make sure that the label meets all the regulatory requirements. And, um, you know, this was at a time when, um, we were starting to expand, um, uh, XUS as well. So that was, uh, really fun. And, you know, on top of that, just working uh, on the legal, legal side, you know, claim substantiation and um, all that fun stuff. That's awesome. So, nice. so do, do you have a weak stomach? Were you able to I, handle the tastings? <laughs> I remember, I remember going to one of our flavor houses and it was, it was, it was down the parkway. So um, it like coming home and you know how the park, well, if you live in Jersey, you know how the parkway is going North coming. So we were coming home and, um, and I, we were probably stuck in that parkway traffic. It was bumper to bumper. 
I, I had to lay down in the back. I thought I was going to throw up because all that stuff was just sitting in my stomach. So that's where I always say, make sure you don't take too many in one day. Mark, Mike and I, <laughs> when Neutral came out with the Project Clear Evolution, did like 12 flavors in one video. And then we did like six videos that day. And I remember just like sitting down on this couch after and just being like, I know that I'm safe. I know that I'm not going to get cancer from all this sucralose, <laughs> but I don't feel good right now. Like I just, it's a lot. It's like you're a just, bomb. Yeah, I, I call it just getting bombed out. At some point, you're yeah. you're just done with it. You need like a 24-hour sweet detox, and then they, everything goes back to normal. It, it is pretty funny. But um, yeah, when you have to get a flavor set, like it, at least started, that's how it's going to have to be. So I, I had to ask. <laughs> so um, you mentioned earlier putting out some fires. And everything. I got to ask. You don't probably don't have to answer, but we've seen and Ben made a video on this C5 thing. Do you have any comments or is no comment the comment? Well, I, I'm just shocked that someone had the balls to actually do that because they know that Nutriballs is a very large company mm -hmm. with a very stacked legal team. So um, that's, that's all I'm saying is um, I'm very shocked that C5 had the audacity to do that. Right. And so, yeah, I, I guess maybe being international they're trying to do something but even then you you like you said stack team and everything so c4 is international right like that's that was oh, kind yeah. of my takeaway right I, but my favorite part of that post was the the sheer amount of comments about michael dimaggio like he's become like an <laughs> underground legend like the fact that I, I didn't even know this many people like in just the normal mainstream part of this this industry knew who mike dimaggio was, I was like, this is incredible this is this is awesome but yeah, I, I mean, and you, I, this goes back to what you said earlier. Um, a lot of brands working better together nowadays because uh, I, I sometimes jokingly call it an inbred industry, but it's like it's not that big of an industry for as much consumerism that is attached to it and for as much like maybe revenue that flows through it. So we all do start to know each other, and, which is why it's great that you have What's Up with subs parties. And we are starting to, you know, you're starting to see less of the uh, the brawling going on at like trade shows, for instance, because, you know, two strikes and you're out of this industry and everything. So obviously like not all jobs last forever and, and people don't want to like burn bridges and there's not that many bridges in this industry. So it's uh, yeah. So it, it makes sense that you, you want to be more collaborative and open with things in this industry. So that, that's why I'm like excited about these parties and, um, and excited to, to finally be able to attend one. You are going to love it. We'll make sure <laughs> We'll make sure we get pictures of him with the giant slinky. I'm gonna bring something. I don't know, maybe steal one of and my daughter's toys or something. We will have we will have our um, Nintendo World Corner. So um, if either of you, and I'm sure you are, are a fan of old school Nintendo and Duck Hunt, we'll have those available. Cool, oh, really, very. Cool. That's great. So, <laughs> how do you um, how do you come up with these ideas? What was the the generation of this idea? You know. Um, I've been wanting to do this one for a while. Um, I'm a huge fan of pop culture. Like I love, I just love pop culture. And um, there's just so many icons and, you know, um, just the Toy Story movie and, you know, going to Disney and going to Toy Story Land. I went to Disney last year. And when I went to Toy Story Land, I was like, this is amazing. Like I went on this, the slinky dog roller coaster. They had the um, stormtroopers walking around in, in the star world world. They had those green um, toy soldiers walking around the little toys. And I was like, you know, why do kids only that get to experience this? And there's so much nostalgia from when we were growing up with all of these retro toys. And, you know, I just, that's kind of where it started from. And then I just started building on it. And I have a really great uh, talent head who lives in Vegas that you, you Ben, you might might have mm -hmm. seen her at some of our events. Her name is Saturn. She comes around with us all across the country. And, you know, we work really well together. We bounce ideas off of each other. And, uh, you know, and I said in the beginning of the podcast, the more you um, ideate and get creative, the more you use that creativity, the more creative you get. So it's just really great to just feel, um, you know, how big these eyes can ideas can get. And they keep yeah, getting I, bigger. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I find a lot of success with with my daughter, at least with the, like the more retro toys, or I guess my wife's retro toys. She's had Barbie stuff that she's we, we've moved this stuff around the country as we've moved around and everything. And I've always like kind of rolled my eyes at bringing Barbie toys around. And it turns out that the kid absolutely loves them. Like the the formula works. And so for for you know, there's been new toys and everything, but it's the retro stuff that 
it, it, it still captures the mind and everything. And as long as you're not like addicting a kid to a tablet, for instance, the, 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 the stuff that worked is like the proven formula and everything. So I'm all for the, the retro toys. Um, I have never solved a Rubik's cube myself though. I'll, I'll admit. Only way is taking off the stickers and putting them back on. <laughs> that never worked for me. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm going to research this. I, I want to be able to solve one at the party. I think. I don't. I. I uh, yeah. I try to. We try to present ourselves as smart in this industry. I don't want to go and embarrass myself in a Rubik's cube. But maybe, yeah, maybe we should do a little bit of practice. That's great. Um. So. I'm not sure. I'm kind of bouncing around a little bit myself, but like we, so the first time we got to hang out in person was actually in Washington, DC. Um, and that's when I also first met Mike DiMaggio. We got to get him on the podcast too. His name keeps coming up over and over. And, uh, like I said, like small industry, I think everyone, everyone knows, like there's a couple powerhouses back there at Nutribolt and he is clearly one of them and everything. So, um, so we, yeah, we first got to hang out in DC. We actually got into a few meetings together from Nutribolt's perspective. Uh, what, what were some of the goals going into Washington, DC? What is, what is, I guess we could make it as a two prong question. What does Nutribolt want in Washington, DC? And what does Diana want in Washington, DC? Yeah. So, uh, you know, Nutribolt is a very big, um, active nutrition company. So we have, uh, our energy drinks, we have sports nutrition products, pre-workout protein powder. Uh, there's a lot going on on the Hill in terms of restricting access um, of sports nutrition products to uh, people under 18. So um, there are a few bills that are on the floor right now that if they get passed, any product that's um, making a weight loss claim or weight management claim would need to go uh, behind the counter, say like at a Walmart or a Target. So uh, you would need to show your ID before you could purchase that product. So um you know, the, the rationale or what I understand the rationale behind this is that um, sports nutrition products can um, lead to eating disorders. And we do know from many um, very smart people that have written um, scientific papers on this, that that is not the case, that they do not contribute to eating disorders. Um, so anything that has that weight loss claim, and that's something that would restrict access to products that could help you lose weight, which isn't obesity, one of um, the biggest killers of uh, people in the world. So you're restricting access to products that could help you lose weight um, because some unfounded theory is saying that there is a correlation to eating disorders. So um, that's that's one of the really big issues going on from a, po a policy perspective that we wanted to talk about on the Hill. And the other thing is restricting access to energy drinks. So a lot of whether it's the media or, you know, people um, on the Hill, like senators, believe that energy drinks are harmful. And, you know, I was actually talking to um, a lawyer about this uh, the other day. He was on a case and he just happened to have a star, a 16 ounce Starbucks cup on on the stand. And you know how much caffeine is in a, a Starbucks compared to an energy drink? Almost 400 milligrams. You know, these energy drinks, uh, 200, you know, we have a, a higher one that's 300. But if you uh, go to a Starbucks in the morning on, you know, during school time, uh, you see the amount of kids that are walking in and out of Starbucks or the, the kids that are getting dropped off by their parents at Starbucks. So, you know, it's, it's really um, unfounded how a lot of, um, these these issues are coming up that energy drinks are unsafe. And, you know, it, it might just be that, you know, it's in a metal can and it just looks scarier than a, a cup of coffee. But if it's really the caffeine content that's the concern, they should be going after Starbucks. Yeah, I, it, that's it's a challenging thing because, I mean, I, I'll age myself a little bit, but back in my day, you know, there was – very few people, if someone drank coffee in high school, it was a big deal. Like, and there was the whole, like, um, Jesse Spano episode of Saved by the Bell with the, it was basically no dose, but it was a caffeine pill and she got addicted. And it was like kind of like I'm hilarious so looking excited. back. <laughs> yeah, we all know that. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, on one end, it's like, okay, obviously something has changed because I, there, I know kids now that are like less than 13 years old that are, I, I'm going to say flat out addicted to caffeine. Um, so something to me has, has definitely changed. And I don't know if I like that because everyone should be getting better sleep and all that. But at the same time, 
we we have a lot of safety data on this and um you know conservative governments basically can put it around 400 milligrams per day total for like a standard average like adult at least that is the kind of the safety limit so in my opinion i don't think it's i don't think caffeine is terrible like a terrible thing i also don't want the kids to have to rely on it but i also don't want the government to have to like do more stuff to to you know nanny state this thing either so i'm kind of all, all over the place here so it's kind of curious to see where you stand there yeah um so i think there is a lot of uh safety data safety data around that sweet spot of 400 milligrams of caffeine we do know that caffeine uh when used properly uh, can be very effective. You know, the ISSN has how many papers on uh, the safety of caffeine and, you know, enhancing performance, um, mental focus, clarity. And I think that's that's kind of where there needs to be the delineation. Yeah, I definitely don't want, um, you know, an eight-year-old drinking a, a C4. But I think, um, you know, when, when we're starting to get a little bit older, um, you know, I didn't have, I don't think I had my first cup of coffee until I was probably like in college. Yeah. I didn't have my first cup of coffee until I was in college. So I was at that, that same mentality that, you know, coffee was for like our parents. Right. And I think, you know, have that responsible marketing. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of college students that, that do drink energy drinks and, you know, we clearly label our products, um, 18 and older. So we are respectful of, um, you know, that, that safety concern. So I think just with the demonizing of energy drinks, it's really, um, there's, there's no rationale because you, you do see a lot of the responsible brands that are clearly labeling their products. We're clearly labeling the amount of caffeine in it. Uh, not really a crazy, uh, crazy amount, you know, it is still within that safety limit and then having clear warning statements and directions for use. So, you know, over 18, um, you know, do not drink uh, with other caffeine containing products and really measures to make sure that, um, you know, people that might be sensitive to caffeine do um, monitor that. Whereas if you have someone that, you know, can go a gram a day that, you know, um, you know, they they could do that. So it's just really proper labeling. Yeah, mm -hmm. I. it's tough because. I, I constantly push like like we can't we can't recommend dietary supplements to, to people under eighteen in the first place. So it's kind of like a tough discussion at the same time, right? Like I think they should have the ability to go do it, but I I don't think anyone should be marketing to them at the same time. Like you know, like we just saw that with Truth and Advertising versus uh, Ghost and Rise, and and I think Nutribolt was also named in that. Like we, we can't be marketing to kids, but at the same time, in a healthy dose, you know, you're talking about two hundred milligrams with Smart Energy. Like I think that's a great dosage for you know, I would say 16 and up, you know, when I, when I was in high school, I was drinking, you know, a 200 milligram, or I think even like Red Bulls were like 87 milligrams, you know, like it, it's, I think it's a reasonable thing. I, but at the same time, you can't be marketing to them. Yeah. And uh, yeah, right. Obviously with, if someone's like 16 years old and they're tired, I want, I would rather them have some caffeine and, not, and if they're driving, um, have some caffeine and some focus and drive better. And um, cause you know, young kids are not always the best drivers, we'll just say, but also like, you know, a lot of them are not eating right. And with uh smart energy, you got cognizant and city choline, which if someone's like low on choline, they're just going to feel fantastic from that stuff. So it's it, to me, like a lot of the pros are going to outweigh the cons and the way C4 smart energy is labeled. It doesn't look at all like it's like catering towards kids or anything. I've been, I wanted to see. Yeah. Look at that. I mean, that's yeah, very pretty. It, professional it is yeah and they do very yeah you guys are killing it with that product it's uh i would say it's a little bit more feminine than some but it's like i guys have no problem picking it up and, and drinking one of those so um it, it definitely does really well then i was going to point out wasn't there i, I don't know if diana's seen this there wasn't there a label that we saw when we were um in pittsburgh with the they put like fda on the actual can uh was, rain, rain storm from um who owns rain? I'm sorry. Rain has their new storm, and on the front of it, it says FDA. Yeah, I don't want to misquote. I don't want to you. misquote this. Yeah, but yeah. So generally, I've seen, yeah, I've seen uh, some companies um, have like FDA GMP facility, uh, which so. Sorry. Yeah, that in the past 
I've seen that. FDA regulated beverage, which yeah, I think is one. really interesting. Um, and, and also to go a little further on the back of the bottle, it also, they said, uh, uh, rainstorm is not, is an FDA regulated beverage, not a dietary supplement masquerading as a beverage, um, which was a really interesting thing because it is a nutrition facts panel. Um, and I, Diane, I don't know if you have input or feedback on this, but the difference between dietary supplements and nutrition facts panels, obviously in uh, energy drinks has been a bit of a big deal because, um, there's different safe, sorry, there's different uh, grass levels for different ingredients. Like in a food, taurine can't be over, I think, 100 milligrams. But in dietary supplement, obviously, we can do grams of it. So to to meet that, you know, like, for instance, Ghost has to use a supplement facts panel on Ghost Energy to put some of those ingredients in there legally. Um, you, you'd have to, I don't know if uh, Smart Energy is a, is a uh, supplement facts or nutrition facts panel, but it is interesting. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't know if, if we need to show this. I'm on HEB.com. I don't know if I can share my screen. Maybe Ben can, but there, I have it up. Uh, HEB.com shows like just a corner of the image where it's got an FDA and then a check mark. FDA and then it does say beverage. Rainstorm is a FDA is a FDA regulated beverage, not a dietary supplement masquerade as a beverage. I just think that's very interesting. You, yeah, have so I have two that? points to that. Uh, the first one I do want to address, um, since I in, am in regulatory, um, I have seen FDA send warning letters to companies for using their name on labeling, advertising. Um, the reason why FDA has sent warning letters on this to companies is because it's implying to the consumer that the FDA has some sort of uh, blessed their product or approved it, which um, the FDA does not want companies using their logo or their, or their initials or letters, anything on their product. So um, if you know, I would be very careful if I was that company and I would probably remove that to not get a warning letter from the FDA first. Um, the second piece around, um, you know, masquerading as a dietary supplement, this was a, a, a guidance that FDA came out with, I think it was um, 2014 or 2015, but FDA actually came out with a guidance um, around um distinguishing liquid dietary supplements from beverages. And this was at a time where a lot of um, drinks look like a drink, um, talk like a drink, um, sounded like a drink, but they were labeled as a dietary supplement. So it was, you know, a lot of liquid in one can, um, the way that they were calling themselves a beverage. And, you know, the, the big thing with uh, nutrition facts for supplement facts are the uh, ingredients that you can use because um, to put an ingredient into a food, it needs to be grass for its intended use. So that's generally recognized as safe. So it could either be FDA grass, part of a regulation, or you could do a self-affirmed grass, but then it has to also be in the food supply. And, um, you know, with the self-affirmed grass, a lot of people think, oh, and I've gotten this when I've asked for grass documents from uh, suppliers. It's not just a one page to say, this ingredient is grass. That's not a, a grass affirmation. So please stop doing that, suppliers. Um, it really <laughs> is by a scientific panel of doctors, um, PhDs, scientists that are evaluating the science that whatever ingredient that they're, they're looking at is safe. And that's, that's very key is safety. Um, it's safe for that population, whether it's adults, whether it's children, um, you know, whatever, uh, pregnant women, uh, whatever the population is, and then a certain amount. So it's not just um, this ingredient, any amount, any population. No, it's it's for its intended use. Um, so also in the grass dossier or the, the safe, you know, the affirmation, which is usually like 50, 60, 70, 100 pages long, um, you know, they go through all the safety of, um, you know, ingesting this. And then, you know, if an ingredient is in a food, uh, the regulatory framework for food, there's no directions for use like a dietary supplement. So FDA theoretically says you could eat or drink as much as you want of this product. So we want, so we have whatever ingredient is going to be in that beverage or food that theoretically it's, you know, self-limiting in one day. Like I can only eat 10 brownies in one day. So, um, you know, theoretically when you're doing the grass affirmation, you would calculate how many someone would eat in a day and, ha and tie that safety factor into it. Interesting. So I don't know if Ben's got a question, but like, 
I, I obviously what you just said is going to be at Nutribullet is going to be more strict than your average company and far more strict than some other companies and everything. Do you require um, if you're going through their self uh, self grass affirmation? First off, some companies don't even share their own internal data. They say it's affirmed. I assume you're going to need to see more to at least see it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, I I'm very thorough. Uh, one of my um, my jobs that we didn't talk about before, I worked for Pfizer uh, for the emergency brand and, you know, really got a great foundation, um, learned so much about, um, you know, the entire regulatory landscape, but, you know, not from the pharma side, but still being under like the pharma bubble, it's a very deep level of um, substantiation requirements. So that's really what I'm looking for to make sure that, um, you know, the products that we're putting out that I am signing off on are safe. We do have a substantial amount of uh, data because, you know, I'm a consumer myself. And if I, you know, was on the other end of it, I'd really want to know that that company that's putting out that energy drink or that protein powder is actually looking at it um, from a safety lens because, you know, it's FDA's top priority is consumer safety. So, you know, th there shouldn't be any cases where, you know, someone gets sick, like, um, you know, a foodborne illness, or just they took, you put too much of something in your product that you didn't study enough that you could really cause, um, you know, damage to someone. And do those, uh, and does that data need to be human-based? Like how far, obviously, like we see a lot of LD50 data on mice and everything. I'm assuming that's not enough. Yeah. Um, so, you know, in FTC, uh, in the FTC's and FDA's substantiation guidance, it doesn't specifically say um, human versus animal, but, um, you know, obviously human studies are preferred because versus, um, you know, animal or petri dishes, because, you know, the way things interact in a human body is, you know, your intended population. Uh, however, you, if you are able to really bridge that, that gap, and show or support that whatever response the animal is getting or you're getting um, in the lab, that it can be replicated in humans. So you need to have some some way to extrapolate, uh, extrapolate the mechanism of action on how it's going to be working in the body. So, um, you know, if human studies are always preferred, um, there are also other sources of substantiation, you know, for, for some more uh, like older ingredients. Um, I love adaptogenic herbs. Like they've been used for for how long in Ayurveda and um, you know traditional Chinese medicine herbs. There's a lot of really great data on on some of these uh, traditional herbs that we really need to start tapping into more. And you know those those are going back so long. So you might not get the traditional um, clinical trial because you know it's it's still um, you know it's still in India that they're they're still using it. It really hasn't made its way to the u.s just yet but there's so much going on um on that ancient level that we haven't even tapped into yet totally agreed mm -hmm. so you've mentioned i don't know ben i'm gonna keep going Go for it. <laughs> you've, keep going. you've mentioned chris lockwood and another person we got to get on the podcast uh one of the smartest minds that you can you can talk to in this industry so are you willing to to tease anything he's been doing are, are we gonna and and how is he used by the by the neutral company i guess is another question yeah um you definitely hit the hit, nail on the head he is probably one of the smartest people i know i was just saying that to someone the other day and um for those that don't know chris lockwood um he used to be an industry professor so he has phd in nutrition anything that you need to know about how something works in the body he knows it off the top of his head um and he uh you know has a really great way of teaching how nutrients work in the body. And he does a lot of cool stuff uh, for Nutribolt in terms of uh, clinical trials. So we've conducted some clinical trials on our energy drinks that um, have been published in, I believe the um, it was out of the Auburn University. And we also recently um, did an event at the ISSN conference back in June in Fort Lauderdale, the International Society of Sports Nutrition. And for those of you that don't know um, what the ISSN is, uh, it's basically an organization that um, teaches uh, nutrition and exercise physiology students um, through, you know, a lot of um, PhDs. So they go to the ISSN to basically learn everything about nutrition and exercise physiology. So at the ISSN uh, annual conference, 
a lot of the PhD students had their poster sessions. So a poster session is basically like what it says, um, a big poster and uh, the PhD students that conducted clinical trials uh, would share their results on this big poster. So uh, Chris was actually there with uh, some PhD students and they had done a clinical trial on our Extend Healthy Hydration product. And uh, they were just sharing the results there. We had really great results on this clinical trial that um, we're going to be uh, announcing the claims, I, I believe on PAC pretty soon. So this, you know, this was uh, a clinical trial for our hydration formula, which is amazing, by the way, uh, no carbohydrates. We use an amino acid transport system for the electrolytes. And Chris Lockwood led that research for our product. And it showed superior to one of the top um, sports, sports drinks um, in the marketplace. Cool. No, oh, so is he kind of uh, arguing that the amino acids and the extend uh, support hydration delivery better than just not having them or something like something along those lines. Exactly. Exactly. Ooh, okay. uh, and that's, that's one of the, the, the key factors, you know, you want to make sure uh, you get the electrolytes into the cells and, you know, have that hydration. But a lot of times, you know, people that are maybe, um, you know, like, very conscious of what they're consuming, don't want the extra carbohydrates. So this is a really great option. It tastes amazing. I have the lemon lime um, at my house and I drink it every day. Um, you know, there's all the, all the um, six key electrolytes in there. And so that's one of the big things that, um, you know, Chris has really stepped up the game and, you know, helping us with our clinical trials. Uh, you know, he leads all the substantiation, uh, you know, the product helping to like create the the formula for the product. And, um, you know, Chris, you know, Chris is working hand in hand with a lot of um, research labs uh, on more clinical trials for us. Gotcha. So then I was going to say, uh, Chris Lockwood's going to be on a panel uh, with myself uh, at uh, Kiwa's booth at Supply Side this year. So We'll be recording that uh, if people are interested in learning more about him. Uh, we've spent a small amount of time with Chris, but every it seems like every week over the last couple of months, we've had someone say that Chris Lockwood is the smartest person that they know. So I'm getting increasingly excited about this panel with him. Definitely. Okay. On the note of amino acids, do you or Nutribol have any commentary on um, the argument that they should be counted as calories? Has this been going around the office at all or? Yeah, so FDA has really opined on this already, and I stand with the FDA's position that you know indiv individual amino acids do not contribute to total protein and should not be counted as calories. Um, when you have an entire protein that's made up of all the amino acids, that's when it can be counted towards calories associated with protein. But I stand with the FDA's position that uh, you know. In isolation, amino individual amino acids should not be counted as calories. Gotcha. Thank you for answering. Yeah, you've uh, you've answered every question that I <laughs> wasn't sure I was going to get an answer from. Um, you know, Ben sent me a link. C4 Energy announces bold new super super brain performance claims. I think that was a Chris Lockwood study. Awesome. Um, there's a lot going on. Yeah. So it seems like yeah, Chris is gonna he has a new lab or whatever. He's gonna be putting out a lot of stuff. We're gonna have to try to keep up with some of that and bring him on. Um, I'm a, I'm pretty clean out of questions here as far as I, I know I was rapid firing a few of them. I'm not sure if Ben's got anything else there. No, we were but... rapid firing the whole the whole hour. So I, I actually am kind of out of questions, but I, we've had a great discussion. I'm kind of excited to just get to the what's up with subs party. Bruh, so I, I guess going back to you, uh, did you always throw the parties as as the uh, the teenager and in college or whatever? Is this? Well, you know, what's funny. Yeah, I, I love I love throwing parties and my grandma. um you know, I, I never really got to meet her. She um, died before I was um, born, but I was named after her. And my grandma, she lived in um, Manhattan and she was an event planner. And she, being Italian, she was a Latin from Manhattan. So um, I guess I got that in my bloodline. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, I have a family of entertainers out here. And so when we moved to Oklahoma, um, our daughter is in a school and the one and we were really happy but one thing that we don't have here that we had in the last school was a daddy daughter dance so i am working with um proposing that to the school and everything so 
I don't know if that's actually going to happen or it'll be approved, but I'm, I'm throwing myself into this, this whole party planning mode too. So it's, it is, uh, we were talking before the podcast that you're Italian. I'm like half Italian, half Sicilian a little bit. And, um, we definitely have it in our DNA that it's, uh, entertaining and sharing and getting people together and everything. So I got to teach these folks in Oklahoma how it's done. Exactly. <laughs> Excellent. Well, Diana, thank you for joining us. Uh, so we got a few things, how to follow you. And, uh, and if you have anything else to talk about, you know, feel free. I, I, you know, I, I pulled up on your website, C4 ultimate energy with WWE. We got some fun stuff happening, of course. Oh, but... I love wrestling so much. <laughs> I got to go to SummerSlam. It was an amazing time. Um, you know, we have this huge partnership with WWE. I'm a huge wrestling fan, so I'm definitely, um, in the right place at the right time. Uh, but so if anyone wants to follow, uh, what's up with stuff, you go to our website, um, you go to our Instagram and that's what's underscore up underscore with underscore subs. Um, and then we also have a LinkedIn page and then, um, you know, feel free to reach out to me or any of my, um, my partner, Lauren, or any of our board members, if anyone's interested in, um, sponsoring or, uh, coming to the events, uh, the event will be that Thursday, October 26th from five to 11. So um, from five to eight is going to be more than networking. And then from eight to 11 is going to be uh, ramped up. And then we'll also have um, a silent auction, which is benefiting the Sonoran Sage Foundation. So Sonoran University used to be called the Southwest College of Naturopathic Medicine in Arizona. And their foundation basically uh, supplies um, all the funds needed to operate a clinic out in uh, Arizona for naturopaths and doctors and nurses. So um, we always uh, have some sort of uh, charitable events at our events. And this one will have a lot of fun stuff that you could bid on. Uh, the one I'm looking forward to bidding on, which I hope I win, is a um, Friday the 13th poster signed by the creator of Friday the 13th. Wow. That's a big deal. Very cool. It is. Yeah. Awesome. So, okay. So yeah, we'll have links on, on the show notes for everything. We'll try to get this out at a good time before supply side and everything. Everyone's very excited. Um, our, our schedule is getting packed up, so um, it's going to be a fun time and we'll definitely be looking forward to seeing you there. Yeah. This is now, this is the la sorry, this is the last day of the, of the show, right? The show is, this is the show ender, right? It is. Yes. It's a show closer. And, um, you know, it's it's great because even people that are taking the red eye can still pop in from like the five to eight. That's that's a great point. <laughs> I, I know a couple people taking that red eye, and I I, I don't envy them. But uh, th these these parties are definitely worth it. I um I'm helping a, a friend that's that, that just got into selling dietary supplements for like a, a an Amazon conglomerate. They they're going to supply side for the first time. And they asked me where I thought they should you know invest their time and i was like what's up with subs is probably like the one-stop shop for networking at events like this so uh thank you for all that you do we're, we're super excited to attend oh yeah so happy to to have you guys there and um i'll see you guys in vegas awesome see you there thank you thanks for having me on <laughs>